When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Hey everybody, this is Sophie and welcome to episode 102 of the Big Boo Cast. This week, Melanie and I are going to talk a little bit about clothes. I have a Hazel story that I'm going to share. And we also recap some of our favorite pop culture milestones. So stick around for that in just a minute. Before we get to all that though, I want to talk to you for just a little bit about Easy Kicks. Now, If you have ever dealt with children, you know that they tend to grow out of their shoes really quickly, and they can be really tough on those shoes. And also, they want the latest and the greatest shoes. It can be a little bit of a handle if you're a person who provides for those children and you are trying to keep up with all of their shoe needs. Well, with Easy Kicks, kids can wear their shoes as long as they want. And once they are worn out or too small or they just want a new style, you can send back those shoes in a prepaid shipping envelope and then Easy Kicks will donate those shoes to their nonprofit partners. You can send the shoes back in any condition, um, dirty, wrecked, full of holes. So the shoes you send back are donated to nonprofit organizations in great condition. They're sent to foster kids in need. And if they're wrecked, they're recycled through Nike Grind. Each shipment comes in a personalized box with fun stickers and other club features for your kids, and it's only $20 a month per child. There are no limits to how often you can swap for a new pair. And as an official partner of Nike, Easy Kicks releases a new style each week, no catches, no hidden fees, and you can cancel any time. So if you would like to take a whole new approach to providing shoes for your kids, that can keep pace with how quickly they grow and how often they need new shoes, visit easykicks.com slash join now to sign up and use the discount code EASYLISTEN. That's the letter E, the letter Z, and the word LISTEN at checkout for $5 off your first month in the club. Easykicks.com slash join now to sign up and use the discount code EASYLISTEN at checkout for $5 off your first month in the club. Alrighty, here comes episode 102. We are so glad you're with us. Hey, everybody, this is Sophie. This is Big Mama. Hey, it's Melanie. It's Big Mama. Okay, I have a story to tell. I can't wait. Well, I don't want it to be disappointing, but but um, we've 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 spoken, and we have a theme for this podcast. We have 
some specific information we want to cover. But first, I, I feel like I need to share this because y'all are invested. Um, so we've had many discussions about Hazel. You know, she's yes. she's not easy. She's very anxious. And yes. Um, anyway, for the last little bit, she's kind of been hobbling. Like she's oh. she's not wanting to put any weight on her back right foot. And so initially, we just thought that she had, you know, <clears throat> rubbed her paw when she was walking or gotten something stuck in it or mm-hmm. it would get better. But over... The last couple of weeks, she's also had a skin condition that's gotten worse. And, oh, no. Oh, and, no. She, and she's had trouble walking. So we were like, well, she needs she needs to go to the vet. Yes. So I made her an appointment. Um, well, she had been to the vet for the skin stuff, but it has not gotten better. I should okay. say that. Like we didn't we didn't just ignore her. Okay. So so I made an appointment. I took her to the vet. Tuesday, I took a video um, while I was stopped on the way to, I was going to post it. And then I decided not to, because I didn't want to embarrass Hazel. But she <laughs> she barked from the time we left the house mm-hmm. until we got to the vet. Now, granted, it's not a super long distance, but it's yeah. long enough so that it's, if, if a creature is, is barking nonstop, you might be a little nervous by the time you get there. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so we, we go back into the room. Anyway, long story about, short about that part. She would not let anybody touch her except for me. Mm-hmm. She would not let, she would not let the vet touch her. She would not let the vet tech touch her. Mm-hmm. And then she was getting so anxious that the vet said, tell you what, I'm going to give you a couple of tranquilizers mm-hmm. and you, why don't you just bring her back tomorrow and drop her off? Okay. Okay. So I said, okay, we can do that. So he gave me the tranquilizers. He said, give them to her in the morning, like long before you're getting ready to leave, before she has a clue that she's, you know, going to go somewhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I did. I I knew from the time that we started to get in the car that that her medication had not touched her. It had (laughs) whatever, whatever. Whatever information animals absorb about what's in their future, like whatever th- th- they're intuitive about, she was yeah. keyed in. That uh-huh. adrenaline was on. Yeah, so she knew your game, sister. She did. Mm-hmm. She did. I was putting off some signals I didn't even know. Yeah. And so we get in the car. This is we're dropping her off before we go to school. Um, she barks the whole way to the mm-hmm. to the vet, and then she gets in there and she barks the whole time waiting for the vet tech to come take her back. And so by the time I go get back in the car, I told Alex, I said, that is no way to start a morning. That no. is that is no way to no start way. a Wednesday. Mm-mm. Anyway, about mid morning, the vet called me and he said that they had in fact sedated her um, in order <laughs> to examine her because <laughs> she is not easily tranquilized yes and which i had given them permission to do ahead of time because i felt like based on the barking i felt like i knew what what they were going to be up against with her yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. so they they had examined her and so he explains what's going on with her with her skin and and how he can treat that and it's very treatable and fine um and then he said that actually the problem was not hazel's paw it was her knee and that hazel has a partially torn ACL. Oh no, no, I can't. And so, oh no. At that point, I, I picture every every cheerleader I've ever known who yes. had a partially torn ACL. He just put a brace on, you know. Yes. Um, and then I was kind of like, "Wait, dogs have ACLs? Who knew? I didn't know. I didn't know that dogs pull, you know, yeah. their anterior cruciate ligament yeah. or whatever their it knee. is. Yeah, they have a knee." 
Yeah, uh-huh, they do. I'd never yeah. really thought much about Hazel's knees. Yeah. So, yeah. so he says, but it's just partially torn. It's not fully torn. Mm-hmm. And you want to keep her from, from tearing it or it will, will require surgery. Oh. Yeah. Um, which at that point, I feel like we would be the only people on the planet who have ever had to get knee surgery for their dog. I feel like <laughs> at that point, we're at that point somebody's we're going to be on the news like yeah it's, yeah <laughs> anyway mm-hmm. so he says um so we're going to do a steroid to reduce the inflammation and then she needs to really be pretty immobile for the next four weeks oh sure uh-huh sure mm-hmm. she can't jump no. she can't run she only needs to go on very short walks and you said doctor i'm going to need some more of those sedatives for hazel and for myself and I said, I don't, I don't know if you picked up on this, but <laughs> she's high strung. Hazel's a little high strung. I, <laughs> but she can't be on sedatives all the time because then she won't feel. I mean, it's the age-old dilemma, right? Yes. Like, she can't, <laughs> that's she what can't I tell myself on, every day. <laughs> she can't be on sedatives all the time, or she won't feel her own pain <laughs> and won't know to protect her knee. What is one to do? Oh, so I don't, no. I mean, we're just, so, you know, so of course last night when we got home or yesterday afternoon when we got home, I mean, she uh-huh. was, she was so groggy from being sedated so that yes. she could just have an examination at the vet yeah. and um, so they could do an x-ray <laughs> and, and you know, too, as I'm telling you, everything that she's had done, it's all super cheap. It's very oh, affordable. I, every time we leave the vet, I think this really mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense to pay this kind of money for mm-hmm. animals. I mean, it's, yeah, uh-huh. it's never, you never walk out of there with like a $50 copay. No, no, mm-hmm. no, 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 mm-hmm. no. Nope. So, um, and listen, we love her. And I told the vet that. I said, we love yeah. her and we want to do what we do. Yeah. Gosh, she's not easy. She is not easy. No. And. It, mm-mm. Oh, well, you know, okay. So it's funny that you've brought this up because just yesterday, so it's been really pretty here in the afternoons. And so I guess it was like two afternoons ago, Perry and I were sitting out on the back patio after he'd come home from work and we were just kind of sitting out there hanging out. And, you know, we have an open fence, not an open fence, but you can see through mm-hmm. our fence. It's like a, a I don't know, cattle panel fence. And so the dogs, especially Mabel, just go I can't say that. They just go. <laughs> oh, beep. I was going to, listen, I'm going to tell you the word I was going to opt to leave out was crazy. Like that made it okay. What on earth? I don't even care if you leave that in. Anyway. <laughs> beep. But anyway, Mabel goes crazy. They go nuts. She runs up and down the fence. This invariably leads to that at some point she and Piper get tangled up in like a huge dog fight because it's just Mabel bumps <laughs> into Piper. And so these poor people are walking by and then our dogs are like dog fighting. It's like, mm-hmm. and it's so embarrassing. And I looked at Perry and I said, I love these dogs. You know, I do. I said, they're my favorite dogs of any dogs that we've ever had. But when these dogs are gone, we're going to have to get some mm-hmm. dogs for our next dogs. I said, like, mm-hmm. we, we're going to be too old to have energy for blue laces. I said, at that point, God willing, I said, we'll be like in our, in our mid to late fifties and we're going to be too old to manage all this. And, 
And he was like, what do you think you want? And I had happened to see it on the internet and I didn't even know it was a thing, but there is a dog called a Bassatoodle. And I said, I want a Bassatoodle is what I want for my next dog. Anything with an oodle, because that's barely a real dog. It's just like a living teddy bear in your house. And I'm like, that's what I want. I want I want that dog that when people come over, it just rolls over and shows you its tummy, that people can walk in your backyard or walk by your backyard without feeling like they're being accosted. Mm-hmm. That is the kind of dog I yes. want for my next dog. Yeah, I said the same thing to David mm-hmm. last weekend. I said, when, what, whenever that might be, yes. the, the end of our time with Hazel is here. I want a golden doodle. Yes. Or I want, I want something that I can put in my purse. Yes. Like I want to be that person who carries her dog around. Yes. Like who takes her, her dog to the ball game. Like I, I just, I, I cannot, I, t- I, I, I cannot I, endure mm-hmm. the, the high anxiety breed of dog in uh, again, no. I to- I totally agree that I'm in I'm in the same spot. And listen, I've, I I adore Mabel. I love her. She cracks me up on a regular basis, and she's so cuddly and snuggly, and I love that about her. But she is full on psychopath. I mean, like, and so <laughs> I can't. Listen, you get Hazel and Mabel in the same room. No, you got a made for TV movie. That's what you got. You got. <laughs> I mean, good night. It's. It, mm-hmm. It's. I mean, I'm telling you, it is something else. I mean, we had Caroline rode to her soccer game with a family, I guess, last week sometime. And when they dropped her off, the husband, he like kind of walked up and the dogs were at the fence and they're kind of standing there. And he's like, oh, my gosh, those are beautiful dogs. He's like, what are they? And I mean, he takes one step on the curb and they're like, blah, blah, blah. and I was like, I'm, I'm so embarrassed. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. But I was like, yeah, they're not friendly. I was like, don't don't even acknowledge them. They're just they're not nice. And I'm. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for them, but they just, they don't have good social skills. Right. Same. Yeah. So, Hazel has a partially torn ACL. We will keep her and and you in our prayers. Thank you. So, we've got to somehow keep her. He said, I mean, I'm not saying you have to crater all the time. Yeah. I thought, oh. Oh. And we do crater when we leave the house. She likes, she loves her crate when, when we leave the house. But, oh, so we've got to keep her somehow calm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's too bad she doesn't have like a little doggy bike or elliptical where she could work out that <laughs> knee and, and her frustration while not putting too much pressure on it, you know? Right. Yeah, I know. Just if we just get her a little pool, yeah. just a little high, a little, a, one of those pools people use in rehab, yeah. well, that would be you awesome. You know, when we, when we visited the A&M vet school last summer, because Caroline thinks that may be what she eventually wants to do. We went and visited and they had like a little water, like hydrotherapy room for the animals. And they had, I kid you not, mm-hmm. like little bitty, teeny tiny cat life jackets that they put on the cats <laughs> before they put them in that little that's hydrotherapy yeah. pool. Yeah, that's what, that's how they, they, they exercise bully, the mascot oh, at state. Okay. That's how they exercise them. It's when one of those little, he gets on a little treadmill and those little hydro mm-hmm. things. But I mean, I would just, to me, just getting the life jacket on the cat feels like a feat in itself. Um, but then putting that cat in the water, I'm like, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know how I feel about that. I know how the cat feels about it. I don't know. And, and I would, if that were me trying to get that, that life jacket on that cat, <laughs> it would end badly. I feel like. Some, For you or the cat. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It makes me for for me. I feel like you know that episode of Friends where Rachel gets the hairless cat, remember? And she, and she's yes. like, I hear it. It says Rachel, <laughs> Rachel. That's what I. 
Gully had a cat like that right after college. She moved to Austin and she ended up adopting what I'm pretty sure was a feral kitten and it lived in her apartment and I hated to go visit her because that cat was so awful and it would just attack you. Like you would just be walking by it. Rare. It was uh I feel like we all have a cat we regret in our past. I I took on a cat when I was in grad school that I named Prissy. And uh <laughs> Prissy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, she was, mm, yeah, she would, oh, it was, I can't even, so yeah. anyway, so that's my, that's our latest with okay. Hazel, is oh, that she so is supposed to be relatively immobile, mm. and um, we hope that her injury won't, won't get in her way when she um, starts the Olympic trials in a couple say, of years. When she decides to further pursue her track career, um, I hope that that'll work out for her. Also, this is not related to our topic for the day, but the other thing I wanted to say is that today you sent me a little bit of uh, a fashion um, tip. Yes, I did. And about loft. And I have told already, I have told four people that they need to go look at loft online, that they won't even believe it. I know. Right loft, now, I'm telling you. How Keith the stuff it's is. It's like I told you, it's like they're having a renaissance. I feel like I went in there three or four years ago and was like, I think I'm done with loft. There's nothing in here for me. Mm-hmm. I really feel like the last time I went in there was when I was still working like in a, like a corporate job. So I had to have like work yes. clothes because it was a good work clothes for like a reasonable price. But then I was like, they don't have anything for my, for my, Sorry, that was my phone. Um, I was like, they don't have anything that fits my current lifestyle, which is yoga pants and workout stuff um, for the most part. But all of a sudden, they've got the cutest stuff. Well, really, I told four friends about it today. And it's all very, like, colorful and feminine because as... As I remember Loft, and I have not shopped in there in a while, Mm -hmm. everything was gray and olive and beige. Yes. Like it was just sort of plain, um, nothing, I mean, fine clothes, but nothing that was really fun. Mm -hmm. But I ordered, today I ordered two pairs of shorts Mm -hmm. and a sweater and, and a really cute t-shirt and I'm just as tickled as I can well, be. I can't wait to hear how it all turns out. The other thing about Loft is that I've noticed because I have started looking at them for Fashion Friday stuff because there have been a couple of things, but it feels like it's getting better and better. And what I have noticed is they always have some sort of sale going. So like today is like 30% off yes. tops and sweaters, but sometimes, I mean, they'll do like a flash sale like that you'll get on email and it's like for the next like 12 hours, 50% off and free shipping on everything. And so it's, well, I I put my email address in today oh, good. on the little front page, mm-hmm. and I got forty percent. No, that's not true. I got twenty five dollars off if I ordered a hundred dollars. Okay, more. so and free shipping. Mm-hmm. That, I think that's a great deal. I so. think they have a lot of really cute stuff. And what I tend to like about them is their stuff fits. They make their stuff for real women. You know what I mean? Like I feel like mm-hmm. they don't. You know, some places where you're, you know, just your size the sizes are all screwed up, but I feel like you can count on their sizing to be true and if not a little generous. And so I just like the whole thing and it's nothing's too short. Um, And then they offer shorts in like good lengths, you know, not just shorter shorts, but they offer a longer short. Yeah. I I saw a lot of five inch inseam. I saw some eight inch inseam for, but their Bermuda shorts are not like long to your knees Bermuda. So like they're a cute, a really cute length. 
and um and said so, and they also they have plus sizes now which they did not used to have and I that I, I told a friend about that today I was like you wouldn't you wouldn't even believe okay. like all the cute, cute summer skirts and all that sort of stuff that they have so I was I was really carried away I know it. well I really want to order those pants that I sent originally sent you that's kind of what yes. I, I think they're so, they're so cute. cute so I'm keeping my but I'm waiting because I know they'll go on sale True, they will. And I, I, this is the time of year where I get, like, I get a little trigger happy about shorts, because I can't wear shorts during the school yeah. year. And, but I, I, I really, especially last summer, like, I really enjoyed my shorts. And so, um, so I really, I want, I knew what I needed short wise. And so I was, I went ahead and got them today. Yeah, I think that shorts, I mean, because here's the thing, when you live in Alabama and Texas, I mean, you can't get through the summer without shorts. I mean, they're, I'm just saying shorts are an inevitable part of life when you live in the South. Yes, yes. You do. You have to make your peace with it. So, or or with a cute skirt, and they have a lot of cute summer skirts. There's one, there's one kind of navy and white little wrap skirt that's got a cute, it's got a scalloped hem. That I, I may have to go back and get. Like, I think I may oh, regret okay. it if I don't well, then get you it. Don't, so, I'm going to tell you, fashion regret is one of the worst kinds of regret. <laughs> Ask me For about the sure. Sam Edelman Camellia boots. So, it's the worst kind of regret when you think, if only I would have. Mm-hmm. Wake up in a cold yes. sweat at and night and think, think about, about those Camellia what boots. Could have been. It's terrible. What could have been. So, mm-hmm. anyway. Okay, so we we talked about a couple of episodes ago and then in this past episode that we were going to take some time to talk about maybe the the five pieces of, of pop culture that had influenced us mm-hmm. the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do remember. Yeah, I do. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you that I had, a, I had a hard time. I really did kind of narrowing it down because I was like, well, there's music and then there's movies and then there's television. I mean, we can mm-hmm. go in a lot of directions. And- so I just did my best, and then I have a couple of runners okay. up. I think. See, now I felt like yeah. I stuck more to. I thought we were sticking to just television. So I felt like in my mind, I've only thought about television, but I can go. I listen. I can go any way the wind blows on this deal. Mine are mostly television, I will say, and then I just have. I, I have a, my my runners up are okay. Okay, are All music. Right. Yes, that's fair. That is fair. Okay, so here's my first one. <laughs> <laughs> what I can't wait. Um, it's the Carol Burnett show. Oh, that is a good one. I didn't even Thank think you. about that. Okay. I like yeah. that. Um, the Carol Burnett show really was on my ho- my whole early childhood. I mean, it, I think it started before I was even born. And so I, I have a lot of memories of Friday nights watching or Saturday nights watching Carol Burnett. Um, my daddy always officiated football games in the fall. And so a lot of times on Saturday nights, daddy would be calling a junior college game somewhere and mama and I would be home by ourselves. And that's when Mm -hmm. she would wash my hair for church and all that kind of stuff. And I can remember her turning on the Carol Burnett show and we would laugh. I mean, and I was really, I was four or five, six years old and we would laugh so hard. And then as I got older, it would come on TBS. They had like the Carol Burnett show, like the highlights that would come on at six o'clock and we would all watch that. Mom and daddy and I would all watch that because my brother and sister were, I mean, they were, you know, college off on with their lives at that part point. And so I just, I don't know. I think because she was so smart and it was really genuinely so funny. I mean, it was so clever and 
I don't know. I just, it was the first time I think that I learned by watching something, how much I love to laugh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And okay. So, I love that. Mm-hmm. So that, so I think Carol Burnett show huge influence on me in terms of what I value entertainment wise. Okay. I really like that. Okay. So if we're going chronologically, okay, I tried to start and think about it because here's what I, here's what I remember watching vividly. I remember Mm -hmm. the Sonny and Cher show Mm -hmm. because I I thought Cher was the most glamorous thing I'd ever seen. Uh, Yes. And the Donnie and Marie show because Mm -hmm. I was so in love with Donnie Osmond, you know, and I, mm-hmm. I was probably four. But to me, the most pivotal, like what I have to say from that time frame that was messy television for me was Little House on the Prairie. Oh, it really was. I know. And it probably wasn't for you because the air conditioning and the lack of and all that. Yeah, I mean, I watched it every once in a while. <laughs> but but by and large, no, I, you know, Pioneer Life has never really appealed to me. No, I am aware. <laughs> but I did watch it sometimes. I did. I did watch it occasionally. Um, like I knew who Nellie Olson was and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I knew Pa. Like I knew that. And the reruns used to come on somewhere too after it was off the air. Yes. But I probably didn't watch it yes. as much as you did. Okay. So we had some sound issues, but now we're now we're back to talk about Little House on the Prairie. Yeah. So we were at Little House on the Prairie. I just think for me, it was such a, I don't know what it was. I was just fascinated. I mean, I, I am so not a person who was cut out for any kind of pioneer life, but I was just fascinated by the storylines. I loved Laura Ingalls. I admired her. I liked the show. I liked the drama. I liked the whole thing of it. I loved Pa and the family mm-hmm. and just and Nellie Olson being terrible and mm-hmm. just the whole thing. The the whole I mean that's what I remember reenacting. I remember playing Little okay. House on the Prairie. It was it was part of my it was a it was a defining part of my childhood. Hey everybody You know, Melanie and I both love it when we discover companies that solve a really pesky task or problem that we all face. And one that I tried recently called Simple Contacts is a total game changer for anyone who wears contact lenses. Now, if you wear contacts, then you know how annoying it is to have to get a prescription just to be able to buy more contacts. And if you're like me, you always seem to run out of contact lenses right before a big event, like a vacation or a wedding. Well, Simple Contacts is changing all of that by using technology to make renewing your prescription and buying contact lenses super simple. Here's how it works. Using your phone or computer, you can take the Simple Contacts vision test in five minutes from literally anywhere. A real doctor will review your test in 24 hours and then writes you a new prescription. And then boom, a fresh supply of your brand of lenses. It's on its way to your door. No more appointments, no more waiting rooms. Simple Contacts brings the doctor's office to wherever you are, wherever you need it. And if you have an unexpired prescription, just upload a photo of it or your doctor's info and order your lenses in minutes for a great price. They do all the hard work for you. I recently tried Simple Contacts for the first time, and y'all, it really is as simple as I have said. I put my information in on their website. I stood 10 feet away from my computer to do a quick vision test. I selected the kinds of contacts that I wear, 
and within 24 hours after a doctor approved my test, my lenses were on their way. Simple Contacts offers every brand of lenses and their prices are unbeatable. The prescription is just $20. The contact lens prices are super competitive and shipping is free. Best of all, our listeners get $30 off their first Simple Contacts order. To save $30 on your lenses, just go to simplecontacts.com slash bigboo or enter the code bigboo at checkout. Now, I want to mention that this is not a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. I absolutely get those. You still need them, but this is the most convenient way to renew a prescription and reorder your contacts if your vision hasn't changed. Again, check out Simple Contacts and get $30 off by going to simplecontacts.com slash bigboo or just enter the code bigboo at checkout. Give it a try and you will thank us later. This may be telling, but I, I do not ever remember playing Little House on the on the Prairie. You know what I remember what, what? I remember playing? One Miss day America? at a time. Oh, no. oh that was another uh-huh. one. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, you were a lot cooler than me. Well, I, listen, I played Miss America. We played Miss America for sure. Maybe that mm-hmm. more than anything, but, but for sure one day at a time. And I always wanted to be Valerie Bertinelli. Like I, yeah. oh. I always wanted to be her. No question. I mean, Valerie Bertinelli, I don't know that there was more of an it girl in the late seventies, mm-hmm. early eighties than Valerie Bertinelli. And you know, like looking back and I've said this before, I, you know, I was the third child I, mm-hmm. I came along unexpectedly 10 years after the previous yes. two children. So my parents had zero concern about what I watched on television. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> they were not at all concerned about just, just turn it on. So I watched everything on Sunday nights. And yes. that was kind of, I mean, I can, I, we went from 60 minutes to all in the family to mm-hmm. Alice to One Day at a Time, to Trapper John, MD. Like, I, we watched everything on Sunday yeah. nights. Yeah. And so that was maybe way, or the Jeffersons. We watched the Jeffersons. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I love the Jeffersons. I did too. So my One Day at a Time preoccupation, I think, came from just repeated Sunday night viewings with yes, parents. Yes, yes. But I think anyway. that, too, it was such a different time because at that point, you did not have – Nickelodeon. There wasn't like children. There was just TV programming. You know what I mean? Like right. there, there might have been some after school specials. There was like maybe PBS during the daytime. But like once it was prime time, I mean, it was it was all bets are off. I mean, I don't know what I thought all those people on the love boat were doing after they met <laughs> each other on the Lido deck and went to a room, but it wasn't anything that a seven-year-old probably should have been processing. You know what yeah. I mean? They, so. Yeah. It's like what I, it's what I thought about the fantasy suite up until I was about 37, yeah. which was yeah. just what they were, they're they just visiting. Like they're just talking. Oh, oh good night. Yes. That's obviously. Exactly. Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. it didn't, I did not know you just, I think your mind just takes in what you can comprehend. And so, that was, you know, I just thought the love boat, I thought Gopher was funny and Isaac was real charming and I wanted mm-hmm. to be Julie. So there you uh, go. Now we, we used to play love boat too. We used to, I, we used to love somebody to get a clipboard and be a cruise director. I was, yeah. that was big fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Julie McCoy. I wonder, if, 
if little kids still play TV shows like we did? I don't know. I mean, because do you, I mean, do they watch TV shows like we did? I mean, not. I don't, you know what? I think they watch YouTube and Netflix. Yes. I mean, not that there aren't TV shows on Netflix, but I think that they're more likely now to make a video for YouTube. Yes. Like they're going to create some original content. They're not going to just mimic what they've seen. I don't think, but I don't know. I don't have small kids, but I just. No. I don't, and, I don't think of kids doing that so much. No. Well, and I think now it goes back to that there's not a lot of primetime shows that you're probably letting little kids watch for the most part. Right. You know, I mean, I don't, I mean, right. maybe there are a lot of sitcoms and we just don't watch them, but I don't know what you watch. And because of Netflix, I think everybody, society, from the dawn of time, society <laughs> has gathered around for story time. And, but I think what has happened is... <laughs> But we can all create our own unique experience now where what one family is watching is not what another family is watching because we have Netflix. Right, right, right. So you're right. What I'm saying, it's different. Um, Because I think every now and then a show like Stranger Things to me came along and I felt like everybody Caroline's aides was watching Stranger Things, you know, but those only come around every now and then. I agree. So I I don't know. It's like I think about what Alex and his friends, how they played when he was younger. And I guess that, I mean, they were very much into superheroes and all that kind of stuff. But he certainly was not watching the stuff that I watch. He was not reenacting the Real Housewives of New York because I'd let him sit around and watch. <laughs> no. So. Oh, can you imagine? No, they didn't know. No, still, if I'm watching it and he walks in the room, I pause it. Like, I don't. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. Kids today don't know how to let their Barbies go over to the wet bar to pour some whiskey out of a decanter <laughs> because they've seen it on Dallas. That's right. That's right. They don't know how to pretend to be Sue Ellen. That's they don't. right. That's right. They don't know that maybe somebody shot Ken and we're trying to figure out who it is. Nope. <laughs> it was a simpler time. No, it was it a was. simpler time. It was. Um, okay, here's my second my, my second thing for pop culture. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, okay. My second um, thing for pop culture that I that may be, I'm not going to go in complete chronological order because I'm going to go in the order that I saw these things. Okay. Okay. That's fair. So my, but my second thing was um, Late Night with David Letterman. Okay. All right. So th- I would agree with that, but that like college years, is that, or w- is that when you really watched it or high school? No, uh, no, I was pretty much watching in junior high. Okay. Um, no, really high school. It was really high school. But I mean, from the time it started, I watched it again, youngest child by a lot. Nobody cared when I went to bed. Yes. And so, um, and so I would stay up and I would watch David Letterman. And I can remember thinking when I was in, I mean, I probably started watching and. 10th grade. So I can remember thinking, you know, he was so sarcastic. It was so random. And like, it just delighted me. And so I think that even now, like, I don't know, have you seen watch David Letterman's show on Netflix, his interview show he's been doing? I have not. No, I have not. Okay. Well, it's just like, it's a one hour interview that he does with some, with, with some celebrity. And it's really interesting, but I like even now there's something about his sense of humor that is just I don't it's so appealing to me because it's smart, it's just a tiny bit irreverent, um, or I guess maybe not irreverent, that might not be the right word, but it's not um it's just I guess it's sarcasm. Yeah. And then 
I don't know. I just, I, lo- I love, I, d- I didn't watch him much at all as an adult, but when I was in high school, that was something else. I just loved okay. it. See, I wasn't allowed to be up that late in high school. <laughs> right. Oldest child. Oldest child. Right. Oldest child. So mm-hmm. I wasn't allowed to be up that late. I remember it was a really big deal because like by my junior or senior year in high school, I would stay up late at night, which late was like from 10 to 1030. And I would watch Cheers reruns were on. And I loved yeah. my Cheers reruns, but that was a that was a big thing to get to. Yes, to get to stay up till ten thirty. So, um, which mm-hmm. now I feel like Caroline's up till ten thirty every night. But I guess maybe that's only child. I don't know. Well, I you know I I, I can remember being honestly. Pro- I mean, I I can't remember a time when really I had to go to bed. I can remember staying up into the wee hours of the morning reading Nancy Drew books, like when I was in third grade. Okay. And, <laughs> and it pays to have older and, parents because they're so tired. <laughs> they were exhausted. And then I would stay up. I would watch Columbo reruns when when I got a little bit older, like in junior high. Or I would watch Charlie's Angels reruns when I was in junior, junior uh-huh. high. And then by the time I was in high school, it was David Letterman. Okay. So okay. not that I always stayed up super late, but I don't know. I, there was there was not a lot of monitoring of my television. Okay. Habit, so. Well, so you, anyway. I, we're just going to confirm that you were so much cooler than me because the next one I had on my list that was really pivotal for me was Happy Days. Oh, I mean, Happy see, Days. All of mine are like, oh, but I, Happy Days on a lot of levels because I loved the Fonz. He epitomized what was cool to me. Right. I loved the Cunningham family. I loved that whole thing. Yeah. I loved Joni mm-hmm. and Chachi. That was like, that was like my first, that was like to me, well, Laura and Almanzo too. But then I think I always liked a love story. Even from a young age, I think there was always, I liked a love story. I loved when Laura and Almanzo got together, when Joni and Chachi finally got together. I liked, I liked the mm-hmm. love story. And Fonzie and Pinky Tuscadero for that matter. I just liked a good Pinky Tuscadero. Yes. yes. And when Richie mm-hmm. and Lori Beth got married over the phone, because he was stationed somewhere and- I just, all of it. I just, I loved, that was, Happy Days was another pivotal show for me that I just loved. It was musty TV. See, I I think the show that's, that my, if I had to pick a nostalgic show that's kind of an awe for me, it's the Brady Bunch. Because I watched the reruns every afternoon from the time I was probably in third or fourth grade, honestly, until I graduated from yeah. high school. Like, I never, I never fell out of love with the Brady Bunch. I just, there was something about it I just mm-hmm. loved. But um, Happy Days, I did not watch as much, but I did watch it. I mean, I just was not super into it, but I did watch it. So you've, there's a certain sweetness to the things that you love. Yes, I did. And there, <laughs> and a certain sarcasm, which really you would almost think it would be the reverse for us. So I'm shocked. You would. But I know. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was because later. I, think I got I darker probably, as I got older. I don't think either one of us is really sentimental. Yeah. I said what I now? got darker as I got older. My. <laughs> I just think, I think probably now I'm maybe a smidge less skeptical than you are. Yes, I would agree with that. I do think that's accurate. But you were covered in hope as a child. I was covered in hope. And I also think, but just because my childhood was a little tumultuous (laughs) a lot of times, I think I really liked the harmony of those shows. It felt very peaceful mm-hmm. to me. I liked, I liked happy. I didn't like a problem. I would get stressed out. You know what I mean? It's also why I really like Dukes of Hazard. It was like, I just like a good, simple, 
We have solved the problem. Uncle Jesse, Uncle Jesse has solved the problem. Daisy and the Duke boys have chased down the counterfeiter at the county line. And mm-hmm. Boss Hogg has to congratulate them and let them out of prison, even though he didn't want to. I just like a good. That was what I liked. But, you know, that makes total sense, though, because I was I, I had I had zero change in my childhood. I had zero upheaval mm-hmm. in my childhood. So for me, it was like I would watch stuff where it was a little sarcastic or it was a little edgy. And I'd be like, Ooh. <laughs> like <laughs> what is it? You know what I mean? Like that was an escape for me. What is what is this world where people are sort of? Yes. Snarky? Yes. I mean, like it was it was it was delightful mm-hmm. to me. It was a change so, of pace. Yep. That makes sense, actually. So there mm-hmm. you have it. Okay, so so I've had so far I've had Saturday Night Live and Letterman. You have no, had you said Carol Burnett, Little House, and Carol Burnett. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry, Carol Burnett, Letterman. This is my next one. It's Saturday Night Live. Okay, so Saturday Night Live for you. When did you? When do you think you started watching it? Honestly, as a four year old, I was, I was <laughs> okay. five. Yeah. Seriously, I was okay five. Mm-hmm. because I had a sister in college yeah. and I had a brother in high mm-hmm. school. So, so when they watched, like, I remember watching the, the whole like land shark thing really when it was on television. Um, I remember watching Roseanne, Rosanna Dana really when it was on television, like not clips that I saw way down the road, but actually as it happened, I watched. So for my whole life, I've watched Saturday Night Live. I mean, ever since I was a a little kid. So pretty much because it started when in 1976, isn't that when it first came on? 70 or 75, maybe. Let's see. So Saturday Night Live premiere, 1975. And um, yeah, it started on October 11th, 1975. Okay. So I I can't remember not watching it. Maybe in the last few years, we always DVR it. Sometimes I watch it, sometimes I don't. But like, and then when I was in high school and it was stuff like Sweeney Sisters. Uh Uh-huh. Uh huh. Well, that's what I was going to say because I remember being little, and I remember hearing my dad talk about like Land Shark and Roseanne, Rosanna Dana. Like you know, you knew those that were like pervasive in pop culture. You know what I mean? Like so, I I was always aware of it. I wasn't necessarily allowed to stay up and watch it, but well, yeah, we've established different set of Uh rules, but. And I don't, I'm going to go on record here and say, I don't think that it was that my parents were so strict as much as they just wanted me to go to bed. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think (laughs) they just were like, I was, and I was real dramatic at nighttime. And so I feel for them now in hindsight, realizing that they probably tried to put me down to bed at eight and like at 11, I was still getting back up saying, I can't see, I need a drink of water. I mean, I was a terrible bedtime Mm -hmm. person. Now I know it's because I'm a night owl. So they shouldn't have been trying to put me to bed so early, but Right, right. But I, when I remember watching it was like, I guess that would have been high school that coincided with like Eddie Murphy and Joe Piscopo and like all those mm-hmm. years is to me when I really got into Saturday Night Live and then watched it from there on out. Yes, I, I remember those years too. I loved mm-hmm. those years when we were with, when Eddie Murphy was on and all that. So again, I, 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 even as a child drawn to something a little sarcastic, a little a little satire. I love me some satire. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. So I think it has, whoever has been on that show has all that those people have always shaped my sense of humor and what I think is okay. funny. So, and it's like, it's funny because now Alex is the same way. He like, he knows all the cast members names. He does not watch it on Saturday night. Cause he actually goes to bed like a 15 year old should, but 
but he he will watch it with us when we watch it or um i have the app on my ipad and you know i mean like Okay. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. And see, like Caroline, we never watch it anymore. And so Caroline, I think will watch something every now and then that if she hears people at school talking about it or whatever, but it is not part of our normal routine. So. Okay. So what's your next one? My next one, if I had to go and see, maybe this is where it all turned, but the show, the first like grown up show I remember watching that I loved of its own merit and not just because it was on on a Friday night at my grandparents' house and we all watched mm-hmm. it, which would be like Dallas and Dynasty and all those is Moonlighting. Okay. Right? I mean that that was a pivotal that was a pivotal swing in television to me. Yes, we have hit on our common ground. Yes. This is maybe this is why also, this is the tie that binds besides Jesus. Like, That's right. <laughs> that show and I I even now like I'll go back and I'll look something like a moonlighting something up on YouTube mm-hmm. and like I feel like I have to hold my chest when I see it. I loved it so. I, I love that show so much. It was it like was, I don't know if I've ever loved a show as much as I love that one. No, it was so good, and it was. I mean, and, and towards the end, it kind of got. It wasn't nearly as good, but those early, those first couple of seasons of just, just they were Bruce Willis and I mean their chemistry, and it was funny mm-hmm. and it was smart, and it was the first mm-hmm. show that I was like, I just I I it was the first show where I was like, oh, this is a well written show, and I don't think that at the time I said this is a really well written show, but it just had everything, it just had all the chemistry and the writing and the jokes, and they were the first show, which now you think is like a precursor to The Office and all those where they like broke the camera and they would actually look at the camera. You know, they would actually look at the audience. Like the whole thing about it was just so smart. I felt like that was a turning point in TV. Well, and here's here's the thing about Moonlighting. Like, and I I would say it was the same for me. It was the first sort of grown-up show that I owned. Like, like I like this show. My parents don't necessarily like it, but I like this show. Mm -hmm. It was the dialogue was so fast and so funny. It was so creative. Like the stuff they did in retrospect was they were, you know how they, they would do like the Shakespeare episodes yeah. and all that kind of stuff. It was so clever. But I, I may have told you this before, but I would drive every Monday to, and remember we got our driver's licenses in Mississippi at the time when we were 15. Yes. Um, I would, I would leave school every Monday when the new TV guide would come out and I would drive down to, to Brown's newsstand in my hometown to buy a copy of TV guide to see what was going to happen on moonlighting the next week uh, because it came out a week ahead of time. So I would know uh, like Maddie and David do this or Maddie and David do that. And, but here's the thing when Maddie and David finally acknowledged their, romance or their attraction to one another it really did it killed it yeah it did it did and that's a shame I don't know why that is but it did but the, it, from that point on it wasn't as good and I don't know if it's just because it's all the anticipation um or if the writing just wasn't as good from that point on but it it killed it well do you remember though that that was when like right before that that happened she got pregnant in real life Oh, and so they started right. having to camouflage her like a thousand different ways. That's right. I'm not saying that that's what killed it. I'm just saying like, so there was all that drama going on off screen. Yes. And then when they finally got together, like the thing that was so good about them, like it was the tender moments were the best. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then when they finally acknowledged that they cared about one another. There was nothing. It was kind of mean. It was, there was nothing tender yeah. about it. And it, it, like they lost it. Yeah. They lost, they lost sort of the thing that, that, was so appealing about them. Yeah. But I listen, I will never forget one time I had been to a, went to a high school 
baseball game. And I came home and I had I had recorded Moonlighting on the VCR. Yes. Yes. I was going to say that was, was the, the show. Album. That was the show that led me to learn how to record things on the VCR was Moonlighting. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. And I had, there was an episode where David was wrongly accused of something and he had to get kind of go on the run. Yes. And Maddie ended up meeting him in a parking garage to kind of see what was going on. And he kissed her. Do you remember this? I do. I had forgotten it. But now that you're saying it, I totally remember it. It was, mm-hmm. like, it, it was, it was just one of those, it was just one of those like TV moments where it was kind of like, okay, yes. maybe I am overly invested in these people. Yes. yes. Maybe I need mm-hmm. to remind myself that they're not real. Yeah. Maybe. I was, I was so happy for them. I know. They were pretend people, but I was so happy for them. Yep. I totally remember that. I was so invested in their relationship. Like I wanted them to, they were one of those, the first, like where I wanted them to be together in real life. I wanted, you know, mm-hmm. like the whole thing. I just thought they were so great. And I just loved the whole show to me was mm-hmm. a revelation. Uh-huh. Mrs. DePesto. Yes. Agnes DePesto. Agnes DePesto. Yes. And it had great supporting characters too. That was the whole thing is just, it was a great show. I know. I loved it. Now I'm going to want to get on YouTube later and watch. I know. Me too. I was just old thinking scenes. that. I know. I was just sitting here thinking that. It was so good. I, okay. So that would be my four okay. as well as your four. Okay. That was my third, I think. Okay. That was your third. Okay. That would be my, that would be my four. Okay. So here's my, fi- here's my five. Okay. Is, um, and this is, this is a strange one. I know, but my five is, um, all the president's men with oh, Robert Redford that, and Justin Hoffman. We took a sharp turn there. Okay. We really did take a sharp turn. But here's the thing. I, you know, I've always liked some, or, or I didn't know it, but that movie confirmed to me that I enjoy some government intrigue. It has, it has foreshadowed my deep involvement, my current deep involvement in the Russia investigation. Yes. Um, but that was when I think I learned that I love things that have to do with the CIA and the FBI. And I was so fascinated by the Washington Post and that whole story. And even now, if you, if you present me a story where there is a reporter, mm-hmm. there is a scandal, and there is a government agency, I am all in with you. I will... <laughs> I, 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 I will watch that thing all day long. You put the seal of the president on the cover of your book or on your movie poster, and I am all in with you. I was going to say, I think you're just talking about the nightly news at this point. I mean, (laughs) well, as you know, I mean, but I think that's one reason though why I have been so, maybe the right word is entrenched Mm -hmm. in the news for the last 18 months or so, really two years, is because you couldn't script it, but yeah. it's got element. There are elements to it where I like it reminds me of the, of something that I would, if it were a television show, I would watch it is what yes. I'm telling you. Yes, yes, I get it. I get it. Well, you think there will be movies made about this time, this this point in time someday? No doubt. I no mean, doubt. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. so <laughs> yeah. anyway... Um, so all the presidents, man, I loved, I saw it, I think when I was, I was a teenager when I saw it for the first time, um, but I've, I've, I loved it initially. And it's one of those movies I could watch it over and over and over and over. I think it's why I like the post so much is because yes. I just love that notion of a writer who uncovers 
the truth. And and if that truth happens to have some CIA folks and some FBI folks mixed up in it, maybe along with the executive branch of the government, it is endlessly fascinating to me because it's that whole tension between um, truth and power. And yeah. so it's, I, I don't know, I, I I love that movie. And so that was, that's one of the big ones for me. Like, okay. What about you? All right. My, my last one is another TV show and it's going to be one that everybody's gonna be like, oh, of course, including you, which is Friends. Was the oh. Friends to mm-hmm. me was if there's a show, it's the one that I can watch infinite amount of times i never get tired Mm -hmm. of it it has aged so well because even now if i turn it on like it still makes me laugh and it was Mm -hmm. such a it was the timeline because friends started right after i'd graduated from college so i felt like rachel had emma like right after i had caroline so it was like i went through all Mm -hmm. the stages of like life with the friends characters so i related to it so much I loved their friendships. I felt like that was the first like ensemble cast that we saw where they were all really like good to each other and friends and just, I just loved it. I loved the way it made me laugh. I loved the smart writing. I loved it. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so many things that I feel like we still say all the time, like in pop culture or the way we phrase things that I'm like, that's a Chandler Bing or that's a Rachel, oh, you know, like, yeah. it's just, it's, it's pervasive. And I just love that show. I feel like we reference it at least once a day in our house. It's the, yeah. it's sort of the, the Gen X. I think for, for, for Gen X people like us, it's sort of the touchstone. It's the comedy touchstone for, yeah. for our age group. It, it, I mean, Chanandler Bong, we can yes. sit here for an hour and just throw references yeah. back and forth. Yeah. He's our lobster. You know? Yeah. And, you know, that's, he's, he's lobster. our lobster. That's, yeah. It's the whole, there was just so much about it. And like just the Ross and Rachel thing and then Monica and Rachel's friendship and the guys and just, yeah, I just, the whole, I just love that show. I still do to this day. Okay. Well, we, we may have to revisit this topic because we didn't even get into music, but it's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. We're going to have to have a part two, I think. I think so, too, because we have not talked about 16 Candles, and I don't know how we talk about anything like this without talking about 16 no, Candles. No, and The Breakfast Club, and basically every John Hughes mm-hmm. movie that was ever made. So we're going to have to we're gonna have to come back around. Absolutely. Okay. Well, so we will continue this conversation. But as always, we are grateful that y'all stuck around with us. We'll be back eventually at some point. Okay. <laughs> yes, I, I feel like. I, feel- I just, I don't listen. I don't want to create false expectations. No. We're doing fine right now. We're being kind of consistent. You never know when this sucker like will take a nosedive. So you just, you gotta, you gotta yeah. be as optimistic as possible. Enjoy it while you can. That's right. Okay. okay. Well, we'll talk to y'all later. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.